we need a catchphrase. I have a catchphrase. Okay. Okay. What is it? Oh, you want to know what it is? Well, it's, I want to know what it is because we still need a catchphrase. Like, I don't really want to tell you what the catchphrase is because you always don't like the catchphrase. Well, so we needed a catchphrase. I came up with a catchphrase. That's it. Okay, well then I say no because if it was truly good enough, you would be willing to share. And since you're not brave enough to share, obviously it's not good enough. I mean, you stand by your work. You I don't... stand by... No, I stand by my work. Of course I do. I don't think you do though because if you did... You it's a be... great catchphrase. But I don't believe you. It's wonderful. Hey, 100%. I, hey, I thought the formula for immortality is in my head, but I don't want to tell you. Good. Don't tell me. Well, yeah. You <laughs> then you get to live forever and I don't. That's Yeah, do you uh, actually you believe know. that I thought it up though? Do you? I don't think you do. No, I do. I believe everything you say. Okay. You I'm a good a, friend. You owe me a million dollars, by the way. Ah, uh, great. <laughs> well, I'll work that, on right? that for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, can you, I'll work on that for you. Pay me a hundred bucks tomorrow. I, I don't have a hundred bucks. Okay. okay. Then do you believe me? I don't. <laughs> so you're a bad friend. <laughs> I guess I'm a terrible friend. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, all right, fine. I'll, I'll come up with a, a fake catchphrase for next okay. week. All right. Because every other catchphrase will just be a fake catchphrase from now on. From now on, all of them will be uh, faux or faux. I, I like that word. Faux. Faux. Okay. F A U X. Yeah, it's a French word. <laughs> it's a French word. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay, okay, who 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 are we? I am Eric Schwartz, and you are Vegan Shiner. And together we are Dumb Comic Creators. You got it this time. Yep. Uh, today we have a very special guest um, who we were referring to as Psycho. Uh, that is his artistic name, and kayfabe is still alive to me. Damn it. Um, that's also a wrestling term. Uh, <laughs> So okay, yeah, lost me on that. Yeah, you know, kayfabe's like you know the belief that like you know there's actually like the Undertaker is really an undead guy from beyond the grave that uh, Kane is from hell, all that good stuff, all those famous wrestlers. So that Stone things Cold are Steve real Austin. that you're watching. Yeah, yeah, it's real. So yeah, we will maintain that Psycho. That was how he was born and raised. His name was Psycho by given to his parents by Sight and his dad. Oh. Psycho. I'm just having fun watching you guys pretty much abuse each other back and forth. <laughs> well, that was part of the spiel. You, you, part yeah, of the so, spiel is that we, we do like each other. Yeah, we actually like, like contrary to popular relief, we actually like, hang out outside this podcast. Now that yeah, Keegan was uh, hanging out with me on Friday. We were doing board games and stuff. Yeah. Wait, uh, so your name is Psycho, and are you wearing a shirt that says Psycho on it? Actually, yes. <laughs> Did you get the band, the brand, and everything, so. Did you get that custom made? This one? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Special order shirts, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, shirts, hats, stuff like that. Okay. Uh, all his stuff will be uh, below in the uh, spiel for the information on youtube and on uh the podcast wherever you can find them yeah so buy his stuff he's a starving artist so because <laughs> everyone's a starving artist everybody uh, everybody is so uh psycho how did you get started doing comics 
actually at a very, very young age, when I was about like five years old. Um, interesting story was um, I was in, was in like second grade or something like that. I didn't think I could draw. I was like really, really like, eh, I don't like it, da da da, you know? And then I had a teacher, Miss Tapp, I still remember her. And um, she was like, oh, you have to draw this, you have to draw, this is art class, you have to draw. So I'm like, but I don't like it. And I was kind of nervous. I thought everybody in the classroom knew how to draw, you know, and I didn't. So I remember watching Conan the Barbarian the night before. So I'm like, you know what? I'll try drawing something like that. But before I did that, I took the number two pencil and I broke it, thinking that she would not give me another pencil. And then she did. I'm like, no, oh, shit. <laughs> so now I was forced to draw. So I did like a little doodle Conan the Barbarian and she made a big deal out of it. She was like, oh my God, this is pretty good. You know, I didn't, I was like, I never, I'd never tried it before. I never tried it. Not even to doodle or, you know, like kids at home, they draw. Yeah. And then I kind of liked it. And I liked the attention it brought from the other classmates. So I'm like, you know what? Let me go home. Let me do a little more, a little more, a little more. And then I kept practicing, 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 practicing. Thundercats came along. E-Man came along. I started drawing those. I started like uh, staking little pages together, making little comic books, you know, after school, stuff like that. And then really got into it. Then I started drawing like submissions to Marvel, DC, when I was like 15 years old, you know, and then took it from there, kept going and going and going and going and really got into it. And then just made a part of my daily life, pretty much. So for a little background, you're a comic book artist, obviously, that was the whole story that you just told us. Right. Um, what What is your... Um, what is your company and kind of what are your projects right now? What we're doing now is basically it's under Anime Entertainment. Anime Entertainment used to be back in 2007. We started off as a publishing venture and then we went into catalogs. And we went with Haven Distribution back then. And they distributed a lot of indie comics, stuff like that. And we had a pretty good catalog. We had like a lot of independent creators in there. And some are now no longer here with us anymore, but there is a majority that still is. And when we did it, um, the enemy catalog we had a lot of people we had sense hope in there you know we had a couple of like image stuff in there we had like pretty big indie names come in on it and we were shocked and then that fell apart because the partner at the time he straight he went to something else to do like films and stuff like that so we broke off of that and then we i just kept it on my own so i kept publishing i did vengeance number one back then children of the moon back then convention shows and such and then I went away for a little bit. I went away for a little bit, you know, life happened, you know, family, kid, this and that, you know, stuff gets in the way. And basically um, came back recently, like the past like three, four years actually, came back like with a vengeance, came back like with a priority to do something about it. And now being back, a lot of doors have opened and there's been a lot of doors that have been opened, but I never ventured into them. You know what I mean? So uh, it was kind of my mistake back then that I didn't venture into territories that were open for me. You mean now, kind of like, uh, like, um, where was it youth that you just kind of didn't see the doors or, or, um, was it kind of purposeful that you missed the doors or was it just the life stuff that got in the way of those? Doors? No, life stuff got in the way, to be honest. And then, you know, uh, some health issues got in the way that I needed to fix up. I had uh, stenosis and stuff like that. And I was getting busy a lot and, you know, so I had to take like a good year to take care of that. Yeah. But now that's, thank God that's done. 
yeah. with. I don't have it, you know, because that was a major issue for me. I'm like, wait a minute, I draw, so I'm always hunched over, my neck, you know, my back, it's very important. So it had to be taken care of, and thank God it went the way it did. You know, obviously there's still a lot of progress there. You gotta keep on and be careful with it. You know, because obviously I could sit there and draw for like eight hours a day and then still have that that pain and you know, sleep at night and you know, in the morning you're like a truck ran over you. You know, so there was yeah. a few things that got in the way and now I'm back and I've been promoting myself left and right, doing uh, you know, I'm having a book coming out called The Bionic Caveman. And the funny thing with the Bionic Caveman is that um that book I had it since 2008 and it was always on the back burner I thought that the character was not the greatest so I always promoted other stuff other books that I was doing and then when I put it up on Instagram and I put it up on social media the reaction was like unbelievable I'm like wait a minute you know people are really interested in this yeah <laughs> kept going and kept going and kept going and then the fan art came in from all around the world and I'm like where is all this fan art because you know what when it takes somebody takes the time to sit there and draw your stuff you got to think about like this person took the time and sat there and he drew this right you must like it. you must like it yeah yeah it's from brazil from colombia from middle america like all over and i'm like the interest is there so right now i'm currently almost finished wrapping up the bionic caveman number one and also affiliated with the bionic caveman we're doing the bionic caveman and the rock with my good pal over in london jalal nasir he has okay. an amazing character and we became friends throughout the past few years. He's excellent. This guy's a great artist, fantastic guy. You guys should have him on as well. He is a really, really cool dude. And um, okay. we're doing a project together, which is a big ass graphic novel without both characters meeting for the first time. Bionic Caveman number one is almost wrapped up. And now currently what I'm going at now is a 40 page first issue premiere of Blood Sable with Wake Comics. And okay. Blood Table is a very, very interesting character. Uh, Dwayne Dorothy, sorry, uh, who created him. Very, very fantastic kid. Great creator. I don't know if you guys follow him or write Destro on Instagram. Um, you can find him on my stuff and you can follow him. Amazing. He, he has so many characters that he came up with. And it's like unique characters. And Blood Table is a really, really unique character. The quick jizz of Blood Sables, he's a character, superhero type. It reminds you a little bit of the 90s type feel to it. And from his hands, he just produces blood. And from blood, he could create any weapon. He could create discs and knives and swords and all this stuff, you know. And as a matter of fact, today, I finished up the first cover to the first issue. Oh, cool. I finished it up today. I actually have it behind me here. So this is the first issue cover right there. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, also, like the fact that like the weapons feel like they're alive because you know they're made of blood. That's a really cool concept. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting concept, you know, because you can make so many things out of blood, like mm -hmm. axes and swords, and it's like unlimited, you know, potential with that character. And it's a great story. I don't want to give too much away on it, but it's going to be on Kickstarter. It's a great, great story. You know, it's something. It's going to be a lot of fun to draw too. And then the other part we're doing with uh, Jorge Medina from uh, Crazy Comics that Catch the Craze. And we're doing Wonder Duck and the Bionic Caveman, eight pages with him. So it's like a lot of stuff. We played yeah. you know, a lot of stuff came in within one year. A lot of stuff came down. And I think it also had to do with the pandemic. Right, right. And I think yeah. that, to be honest, it's not all 
credit to me promoting and all that. It's, you know, a lot of people were home. A lot of people got creative. A lot of people sat there and, you know, let, finally did what they wanted to do. They had right. all the time available. They're like, okay, you know what? Let me work on that character. Let me work on this. You guys might say, let me work on our podcast. Let me, you know, like you, it makes you. The pandemic is, you know, it has its good and it's bad. Yeah. You know, yeah. the good is that a lot of people became more creative. You know, a lot of families got more closer. A lot of families got more separated. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's what it is. You know, it, it kind of helped in a way. It's a catalyst, at least. Yeah. It's yeah. such a bad thing. And it kind of brought out good in others. You know what I mean? So it, yeah. it helped me, too, because I sat there and I focused and I did a lot of stuff. And I'm like, okay, you know what? And all that free time for everybody, including the creators involved, they had the free time to do it. And that's how I meshed in. One, two, three, you know? Yeah. That's that's wonderful. So uh, so you started. You said you said you started drawing the bionic caveman uh, in the last three years. Is that the bionic right, caveman? Was last in, year? No, the bionic caveman was basically an idea from two thousand eight. Okay. That I thought was nothing, you know, because I have a few random ideas. I throw it in the back burner, and then I I got up one morning. And I saw it. I'm like, well, let me see about this, you know. So the, the story of the Bionic Caveman is it's a caveman. Yeah. He's found in the uh, Antarctic, brought back to life. And they brought him back to life to, you know, <clears throat> learn from back then how they used to live and all that. And he works for the government. He's a spy. He's a hero for us, you know, the American. He has a bionic arm, bionic eye. And, you know, he works for us. He doesn't know how to talk yet. <laughs> he talks like the Incredible Hulk. Okay. You know, so he has that kind of lingo, that kind of language. He's in love with one of the girls, Dina, who's at the plant where they work at the government plant. And this is actually um, the cover to the first issue. Right there. Nice. That is hey. also on your Instagram, correct? I believe. Yeah, correct. And it's also Bionic Cayman on Instagram as well. And on that, also the, the thing that I mentioned before is the Bionic Cayman and the Grok. Right. That's uh, Jalanus here's character, the Grok over there. So Just this amazing. is going to be yeah. a, a nice graphic novel. The story is very, very interesting. They get sucked up in a battle planet, first time they meet, and it's just chaos. It's just <laughs> go off on everything. It's so cool. It's like uh, different universes colliding via Instagram. In way, yeah, <laughs> different universes, different stuff. You know, it's like we're, I'm trying to deal with everybody, <clears throat> you know, people yeah. that I've met, people that I know. I'm also trying to help out whoever I can. At the same time, there's a lot of great talent out there. Um, I always <clears throat> ask this question, and you definitely seem to be an expert to ask. What do you recommend for new artists or and or new people and or like people like you who uh, take advantage of the new like ways of like technologies and sharing stuff, Instagram and stuff? Like, just any quick spiel to recommendations? Well, the thing is, there's plenty of talent out there. You understand there's a lot of talent if you look up all the independent titles and all the stuff that's coming up there's like incredible talent out there incredible creators that are not given the doorway to open it others are given the doorway but you know what it is it's part of business i have this great character if i go to marvel and dc they're going to just rip it apart they're going to rip me off and then that's it you're not going to get your money's worth you're going to get it taken right under your belt you know it's like and that's what keeps back a lot of creators and then there's financial situations you put it on kickstarter will it work will it not 
you know, you go to so many conventions and they get disappointed because the conventions, you know, let's be honest, the convention shows are very expensive. Okay, tables alone for indie people, tables alone yeah. are like 700 bucks. Right. You know, it depends what state you're in. So it's like, it's expensive. And then when they go there, they don't sell anything. Right. You know, and then they, they get let down. It's not, if you don't, if you go to a show and you don't sell anything, you know, you get let down, you go home, you're like, I just wasted $650 and I made $6.50. So they feel, you know, deterred, like, well, maybe this is not working. Maybe, but there's a lot of heavy competition. So right now, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, or whatever have you, just keep promoting, keep promoting, keep promoting, connect with the right people. That's the main key, connect with the right people. You know, if you know a friend, from a friend, from a friend, and companies and this and that, connect with the right people, the right talent, and something will happen eventually. And don't stray away. Don't say, oh my God, this year I didn't make a million dollars. It doesn't work that way, no. you know? And also never be afraid. I've learned one thing in life. You never be afraid of anything. Knock on doors, make phone calls, and never say, this person is never going to talk to me. Because the person you think that you're not going to talk to, you will. Believe me, it happened to me. It happened to a few friends of mine. It will. If you think that you cannot talk to Netflix about your idea, you're wrong. If you think you cannot talk to Amazon about your idea, you're wrong. Yeah. Uh, knock on the doors. Make it happen. You know, put it together, put a package, do it right. You know, if, you, if you're going to make it your life goal, make it your life goal. You know, don't let anything stop you. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't matter because you got your product done. You did what you enjoy. You did what you love. You know, like you guys, you're doing this show here. This is what you like to do. Yeah. You know, yeah. hopefully it takes off and it becomes fantastic. If you know? not, we, we really enjoy meeting artists. I don't like, like yourself. You know, I mean, like we, yeah. like, so, I mean, just point blank, get to see your artwork made this entire review. And you could spend the entire time going, you guys think, you guys think, you guys think. If like, doesn't matter. You got to see Psycho's art, win for me. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. No, it's not, it's not bad. You know, even with you guys, you know, <laughs> you promote your show, you make it happen. You know, if it doesn't, who cares? Yeah. Right. You, know, you did you do what you love? Yes, you did. Yes. Are you continuing to do it? Yes, you are. Mm-hmm. Do some people agree with it? No. Do some people like it? No. Do some people, <laughs> you know, that's the way it is. That's just the way it is. You have to, you know, that's just the way it is. Do you got viewers? Who cares? You got your videos, you got your memories, your friends, obviously, really good friends, you could tell. So that's it. That's what matters. This is just short. Life is short. So you got to do what you like. If this is what you like, that's what it is. You know, if you don't make it, who, who gives a fuck? It's a good mantra. Yeah. It's a very good mantra. Yeah. No, it's the truth. Of course, uh, coming from a guy named Psycho, I, <laughs> that's kind of exactly what I expected you to say. I'm just going to be the cynic in the room. Like, Eric, what did you expect him to say? I, well, I, well, I, I <laughs> don't I'm have any lie. fear. I was and... not surprised when Psycho said, quote, I don't, I'm not scared of knocking on doors. Like, of course not. You're Psycho. <laughs> if I'm, if anything, I'm surprised you even bothered knocking the doors. I'm surprised you didn't let yourself in. Like, this is my room now. I'm sorry. It's mine. I'm not, not going to sit here and sugarcoat it. You know? <laughs> I mean, pretty much everyone who answered the door was like, oh, yeah. who's this psycho? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you were like, hey, exactly. <laughs> Better answer that door. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad kidding. you already know my name. Now I don't need to do introductions. But That's really good advice. So, like, yeah, following what, yeah. what you love. Were you formally trained as a comic book artist or was it something that you kind of um, continue to work at? No, I, I'm uh, self-taught. Okay. I didn't go to school for art or anything like that. 
you know, I did try, I'm going to be honest with you, I did try to go to, um, when it came about, Arn Design in Manhattan. Okay. And then I, I remember I went there with my mom. And when I went there, uh, first day of school, first day, they were supposed to introduce or whatever we were supposed to do over there. They were beating up each other in the lunchroom. I'm like, it's nine o'clock in the morning. What are these people doing? You know, and it was just, I'm like, you know what? I don't need this. I don't need to, you know, the stress of traveling, going to the city and all that. I'll do it on my own. And I trained on my own. I did have an art teacher in junior high. His name, Mr. Eisenstadt. And he was fantastic. He, this guy was, you know, he wasn't per se my actual art teacher because I wasn't in his class, but he wanted me in his class. So he was an older gentleman. He's been there like years. Unfortunately, he's not no longer with us anymore. I wish he was. And um, he was a great teacher. That's what's missing in today's education. Teachers like him. Yeah. He stood by you. He, you know, supported you like everything. He was there. And I would always be like, I don't want you to teach me. Meanwhile, he was there. And, you know, funny story with him, <clears throat> because these are like life lessons. And you remember them later down the road. Uh, there was a contest in New York City, right, for drinking and driving. And um, <clears throat> they wanted to put a big billboard. Whoever wins, they're going to put a big billboard of your art on the highways in New York City. So okay. uh, at that time, I wasn't qualified because I was actually behind on classes. And they wouldn't let me go through. So um, Mr. Idis, that Mr. E, like we used to call him, he fought for that. He wanted me to be in the competition. So I sat there and I did something. I did this drawing and I did the Grim Reaper. Yeah, big surprise for me. I did the Grim Reaper over a bunch of cars, you know, drinking and driving and stuff like that. A week later, they call us in and they announced the winners. Now, keep in mind, we were junior high school. All of these other schools were like high school and universities and this and that. And he opened up the letter and when he read first place, it was me. Wow. And we all just wow. froze. And we, <laughs> we froze. And we couldn't believe that that just happened. And then what they did is they gave you a prize. It was like a hundred bucks. And then they put that art, they put it on every billboard along the highway. Wow. That's awesome. For like two months. And I was like, wow. And I was so young <laughs> and I'm like, but it's those moments, you know, those moments that drive you. It's like, I did that. You know, my piece of art was on every billboard. I did this. I printed this. I did that. And that's the, the important thing in life. You know, did I get anything out of it? No, a hundred bucks. You know what I mean? But it's still, it's, you know, the value of it, the integrity of it, everything that came through it, it still gives you a positive vibe about what you're doing. And that's what's important in life. You know, if you love what you do, just keep doing it. Yeah. So uh, we, we like to art, ask artists about process. And mm -hmm. um, so what is your kind of like your day-to-day or a week-to-week process with um, getting pages done? Because you do everything by hand, right? Everything by hand, absolutely nothing digital. Right. Nothing whatsoever. And I refuse to do digital. I don't it's know if you really guys impressive. are aware. I'm really, really against digital. No, I, I wasn't aware that you you were like very against it. No, I we used, I just thought we used, we assumed you did the actual process that like you do it too. Um, yeah. One of the previous people we interviewed, uh, who does curses comics, mm -hmm. he's on your boat that he doesn't prefer. He said like he tried doing the digital, and he's like, it doesn't work for me. I can't do it. 
and he's gone completely to hand drawn because that's what works for him. For me personally, it's not that I I can't do it. It's just that basically, first of all, I never tried. That's the that's the truth. And second of all, I don't want to try because I've had from my peers and my people tell me if you do digital, it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> you're gonna nail it. And I'm like, I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. No, that sounds terrible. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> to me, it's cheating. You know, it's like a, a process of cheating because it's like the pages that I showed you before, right behind me here, yeah. this is all pencil, pen, and that's all it is. Yeah. So nothing. Cheating. I know I'm shaking my head no, but like I, I actually agree. I, I know a lot of people that, uh, you know, prefer the hand touch, like the sensation of like uh, feeling the materials, you know, it's and not like it, that. It's like it's a cheating process, you know. Whether anybody likes it or not, and there's artists, they're gonna get, you know, their panties in a bunch or get upset about it. But it's the truth, you know. What what you see behind me, like all this black and all that, mm -hmm. okay? They just click a button and it fills it up. Right. You know, it's easy. And then there's other little tricks that they click here and there, and you know, boom, the sun is there, and boom, that circle is there, and that circle that takes us, you know, practice to do and you know, real art, raw art. That's what I promote, raw art. You know, that's talent. Because pretty much right now, anybody could draw. I'm telling you, if you get a, a thing, a computer, and you get the system and all that stuff, you can learn it. I used, to, <laughs> I used to use when I was growing up um, to age myself. I used like that old like super disc Apple things. I remember I was able to draw perfect circles because there's the things that literally just let you draw a perfect circle. That's what I'm and saying. I, yeah. And I never actually had it like I always made my art through that way because I unlike you who had a good supporting art teacher, I had the art teacher who knew I was so bad and he's like, can we just get him out of the class? That was my solution was make the perfect thing. But you, to be fair, that art teacher was correct. He was correct. I wasn't, I'm not an artist that, at all. You should have never been in that room. <laughs> it was required. They you were bringing it. everyone else down. <laughs> yeah, my negativity for my art just, just seeped out. No, it's a, it's a, like a cheating process, and I'm not going to put myself through that. You know, I've upset a lot of people with some comments I said about, you know, digital art. And then there are some artists that I know and who are digital artists. And after I said a few comments, you know what they said okay let me go back to drawing pencils and inking and all that and what they did they're like wow i missed this yeah. you know because if your neck doesn't hurt and your wrist doesn't hurt and your little <laughs> fingers over here doesn't hurt okay and your arms are doing a clicking sound like that and then you're not drawing you're not drawing I mean, to be fair, the digital artists do get all those pains too because they, yeah, they're doing the same the motions. It's just... more in the fingertips than the arm because it's the clicking yeah. the mouse button over and over again. What I want to know okay. is can, can you see the difference when it's printed? Like, to, do they do digital creations bother you when you're reading comics? The thing with digital creations, and I've said this a lot, is there's really, really great artists, right? And they turn to digital. Okay, I'm not going to say any names. I'm not going to mention any people. Okay. But the majority that have turned to digital, meaning mainstream artists from Marvel, DC, you could tell that art is suffering. It's not the same style. It's not what we're used to. It's quick. And you could tell the difference. And you could tell that it's done digital, inking or penciling or whatever you have. So right there, you could tell they're suffering because right now, if you go walk into a comic book shop, 
about 75% is digital. Right. Whatever books are on the shelves. And they all look the same. Art-wise, they look the same. Unless it's like a painted cover or unless it's Alex Ross or something like that painted. Yeah. It looks the same. And that's okay. the problem. So you can tell. You can tell. That the, I mean, not, not only me as an artist. I mean, fans can tell too. Right. You know, and how are you going to go to a convention show? You, when you go to a convention show, you want the original artwork displayed. You want to buy an original page. Right, which there's no way to do that. What are you yeah. going to do digital? What? I'm going to send you guys a file. <laughs> where, where are you going to hang the file? Yeah. You want to put it up there, make it a value. So they're losing value in their books, in their trade, and in their work. Okay, yeah, you could say, okay, you're going to put it on NFT, whatever. NFT, yeah, you're going to put one, you'll make something, if you make something, and so on. But an original page, part of history, that's real history. A file is not history. Right, right. A file is just a photocopy of something that you did. You know, so you're not going to be able to, like, hold this in your hands and smell it and say, wow, that smells like marker. That smells like something. <laughs> And then put it on your wall yeah. and say, okay, this is $25,000. Why? Because it's the real thing. Right. When an artist now, what are you going to, what are they going to give you? They're going to print you a print. The original PDF. This is the original PDF we created. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you going to do with it? Yeah. It, it loses its value. And the artists don't realize that, that they're losing value in their own work. In their own work, they're losing value. Because to be honest, a lot of artists make a lot of money from original art. You do commissions, you do this, but they make a lot of money from their original pages. If you go on websites and you see what David Finch pages sell for and Todd McFarlane pages sell for originals, we're talking thousands and thousands oh, of yeah. dollars. Oh, yeah. So why? Because that's what the, the word is, original. That's what it means. So wouldn't you rather have this on your wall or you want me to send you a photocopy? You know, that's what it is. And that's why digital is hurting the market. It's hurting the business a little bit. And then, um, to be honest with you, um, I could be wrong. I'm not going to hold it to myself, whatever. I don't think it's going to last too much. Because fans will rebel and say, this is why we're here. We want to see hand-drawn art, real art. You know, you can't, like, replace now Alex Ross, Neil Adams, these people that we grew up with, people that are artists. Okay, and then put the digital little thing in there. It doesn't work. It, I, I went to Neil Adams' office, right? He's a friend of yeah. mine. So I went to Neil Adams' office, and he and back then he wanted to do something. Um, we loved Neil Adams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, he's really cool people. He wanted yeah. to do something called motion comics. And we okay. sat down, and I was looking at him like, what, what is this? And it was like, <laughs> I think X-Men or something. It's like the, the drawings were moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, it's cool. It's cool for like a gimmick. It's cool for something, you know, but and then I turn around and I see Neil Adams artwork all over his office and in the hallways and all that and hidden statues. I'm like, but that's the real deal. You know, that's the real deal. That's what value is. That's what real art is, you know. Obviously, the motion comic thing didn't take off too much. Because it's a fad. It's a fad. It's hard to read digitally too. Like uh, I don't know if you feel that way too, Eric. But like I, I, I always think the printed it's, books are better. 
it's hard. I, it, there's a reason why like, I always get the chance whenever I can, I'll get a physical copy because it's a lot easier. If I want to go to a specific page and flip to a specific page, if I want to go back, it's a lot easier. I know my so my brother-in-law not to throw him underneath the bus. He does it digitally, but the reason why he does it digitally is not because he wants to. It's because my sister was like, "We have run out of room, and we own a storage unit that is now running out of room because you've bought so many physical comics." At some point, if you want your kids to have toys, we're gonna have to choose that, and you're gonna have to get rid of the digital stuff. So for him, that's why he does it. But I mean, environmentally, I I try digital books first before I buy them because yeah. yeah it's good you could try them out and me I, I can't stand to like sit there on my phone and read a digital comic on the computer go up and down and, you know there's nothing like you know every night this is not an exaggeration every night no matter how tired i am how exhausted i am i always manage to read one to two books a night before i go to bed i make it a habit why because it's good practice of studying you know and but i do it but there's nothing like grabbing a book put it in your hand you know, and sitting there reading it, flipping through it, looking at all the little mistakes that the artists make, you know, all this stuff. So <clears throat> that's the main thing. That's why comics are comics. Okay. So going back, uh, you're, you do it hand by hand. Uh, mm -hmm. And we, we've gone through why. Uh, so what's your, what's your process? Um, how do you start a page? Um, it depends. It really, really depends. Um, I usually get the scripts. Like right okay. now, I got the script for um, from Jorge Medina. He wrote an eight-page script for Bionic Caveman and Wonder Duck. Okay. And I would just lay out first, simple layouts, and then go to the actual page. I go a little bit backwards, though. Usually the artists, what they like to do is like lay out the whole page on the 11 by 17 and then, you know, flesh it in and put in the actual pencils. Okay. Me, I can't stand that. You know, I like to see the action right away. So even if it's a boring panel or an action panel, I would just start with one panel and just pencil ink. Oh, you finished you finish the whole panel. Okay. And then, finish, and then jump on another panel. I could jump from that panel to this panel on purpose. Like just go, you know, there's no process really on my behalf. There's no process. It's like, I just want, I, it's not like I want to rush it, but I'm so interested into it. I want to see the outcome and sometimes deadlines and this and that. You want to finish up. So there's like not really a process on my behalf. It's just put the paper down, put the pencil down and just go with it. I'm laughing because again, like your name Psycho, it's like, yeah. what is this Psycho <laughs> doing to this comic book page? Yeah, there's, no, <laughs> there's no process. There's no process. <laughs> he started off in the third panel and then went to the eighth panel and then he's back to the third panel again. What's going on? When I did this today, this morning, right? Yeah. Uh, you can see it right there. Yep. I started off yeah. with the head, right? Okay. Yeah. And then I got up to the okay. chest area. And then that was it. I didn't know what the hell I was going to do with the rest of the body. Was I going to do a different pose, this and that. So I started inking the head, inking the chest, and then I worked myself down. Wow. The background, the background that you see was not planned. It's not like, okay, okay we need a background like this. I did these circles around and then I just put the lines across. I'm like, you know what? I think that's going to look cool. If it doesn't look cool, I'll just put it all black. So yeah. it was just on the spot done. That's cool. I, I like that. I like intuitive ways of working. This is this is basically a page also done today for Bionic Caveman Wonder Duck. This right here. 
So this started off with the spaceship in the front. So I did the spaceship first. The script calls for Wonder Duck to be coming down, shooting all these, you know, creatures and stuff. Yeah. And then first came the spaceship, then came this character <laughs> here, and then came all the rest. Wow. So it's just, there's no process. There's no like step-by-step -step process. It's just go at it. You know, like if you have like a really nice hamburger in front of you, just go at it. Well, it's you uh, you want, you know? literally like improvisation at that point, you know? Um, yeah. It's scene painting, Eric, right? To yeah. throw that into improv terms. Yes. Yeah, throw improv terms. Yeah. Uh, improv comedy, which we talk about frequently on the show. Well, I mean, because a lot of. <laughs> I meant most well, people I mean, don't care. There's a lot about. in common. I mean, you're making a story up from your head. You're, in this case, you have like a structure. You know what you, because you talk about that character that he makes blood, he's got all this stuff, but you're still, a lot of it's up to interpretation by you, the artist. And you working with your writer that you're trying to do it. I mean, you are taking this guy's character creation to life. So there's a lot that you do. You said, is this pose? What's this pose going to be? What's this background going to be? That's all improvised by you. Yeah, and you want to make it today. You want to make it fair to the creators too, you know, yeah. the writers. You want to get their vision. Mm -hmm. Because you ask them questions. I'm not the type of guy like, okay, I think I know what he's doing. No, I'll ask them a question. I'll text them. I'll be like, what do you want me to really do here? I don't understand this sentence or something like that, you know? Well, what does this word mean? I never heard of this word before in my life, you know? So it's just, you wanna do right by the writers. They took the time to create the characters. They took the time to write it down, you know? So you don't wanna disappoint them. You know, I had done a previous uh, cover to Blood Sable and um, in the beginning, I thought it was cool. And they thought it, oh my God, it's awesome. You know, I didn't like it. The next day I'm like, this looks like shit. I don't like it. So I came up with this one today. You know, you have to criticize yourself. Yeah. Very, very important. That's extremely important. Extremely important. You know, just because you think something looks right. And then the next day you look at it. Because every morning when I get up, I go straight to the table and I'm like, let me see that thing I did again last night. Yeah. Yeah. And you look at it again. You're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That leg's a little weird you know that you know so i would literally rip up the page or just put it on the side and just say you know what i'm doing it again yeah that's the thing with with going straight to inking um and skipping kind of penciling everything first you're yeah. you're you're committing the entire page mm -hmm. in advance and yeah uh, cool. yeah you're setting yourself up basically yeah. you know so <laughs> you got to be on top of it but you are setting yourself up you know, it could be turn out right, it could turn out wrong, and then the next day, the next morning, you wake up and you're like, ah, I thought that was great last night, but this actually sucks balls, so, you know, I'm not going to bother with it, you know, so you, you have to criticize, though, you have to criticize yourself. Yeah. I am my biggest critic, you know, I criticize myself to death. Too much? Yeah. Would you say too much sometimes? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. That was as much as I think I'm awesome... I also think of shit. So it's like I criticize myself to death, you know? Yeah. Like you have to. You have to. In everything you do, you have to. You have to right. take a step back and say, okay, not not the greatest there, John, you know? You right. Or you're releasing stuff that is not good. And that's uh, yeah. and that's not good either. And that's your name, you know? That's what people look forward to. That's what your product that you're releasing. So you put your name on something, it has to be done correctly. 
Right. Um, how many pages do you, can you draw in a day? Like what's your record? The most I've done in a day? Yeah. Three and a half. Three and a half. Wow. That's so aggressive. Uh, so obviously you've got, um, so Samurai Ninja Rabbits, that's obviously a throwback to um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Mm -hmm. Were there any other cartoons that kind of inspired you growing up? You mentioned Thundercats, I know as well. So uh, basically main cartoons back then, Masters of the Universe, Thundercats, definitely, uh, Ultron, Robotech, you know, all that, pretty much what everybody watched. Yeah. Uh, it's not, I didn't, I never really got inspired from cartoons to do like the comic book thing, <clears throat> but you know, it was something that I enjoy watching. I'm a huge fan of all the shows that came out back then. And, but mostly I was more inspired from comics in general. The first comic book I ever got was when my mom took me to a flea market. And I was like, I don't know how old, seven years old or something. And I, di I didn't know what comics were. And, and at the flea market, you know, they were like five cents, 25 cents. So I bought a bunch of them. I'm like, okay, start reading. And then I got in. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. And then I like the drawing. And then I'm like, maybe I could do a few things. Started stapling little pieces of paper together, drawing little, you know, comics together. And that was it. Oh, cool. My nephew yesterday got his first ever, uh, like his own physical first comics yesterday because he was eating, we were eating brunch right by the comic book store. And so uh, he got hit. So I said, I'll, I'll buy you some 50 cent comics. And he's already worn a hole in them through them because he's reading them. Because like, when you say you like, you always read them at night, it reminded me of that because he was like wearing themselves in because he's so excited. They tore a hole in one of them already. No, that, that, that's the joy of it, you know? Yeah. You sit down and you can read every panel, read every mm -hmm. word, and you know, you don't have to like hurt your eyes on the screen to see you know, digital and all that. That's, that's another thing, you know, you're gonna download a digital comic, you're just hurting your eyes. You know, you're gonna sit there and try to read. Now, if you notice the word balloons are even smaller, the text is even smaller, even the printed versions. I don't know why, it's like, I think they do it for a reason. They want you to read what the writer wrote. If you notice, there's a pattern. Uh, Marvel's been doing it a lot, and so has DC. And so have a few other companies. The word balloons and the text is very, very small. And it's different colors. You get brown with the yellow, you get this with that. That's actually let you read the story. The writer wants you to read. Yeah. And that's, that's their gimmick now, what they want you to do. I think the stories are getting more complex too. <laughs> I mean, the big names now, they kind of screwed up Lovely with the characters and everything. You know, they want to change this, they want to change that, they want to do this, they want to do that. That's cool. You know, that's fine. But the way they're changing everything at a, at a rapid pace, they're just shoving it in your face. This guy, yeah. this, they're, this money, guy. they're money grabs for sure. They also, yeah. they, too, they also the power that they can do a reset because DC's done so many resets. So is Marvel. They're like, uh, the story's not, it's not going so great. We'll just reset it up, oh, start over from again. Let's see how this goes. Yeah, and it's not cool because you know, DC did rebirth and rebirth this and rebirth that. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, you know, guys, relax a little bit and then change Spider Man and change this. And you know what, you want to do something different, create something different. Well, then it, the multiverse, let's let's talk about multiverse, uh, just like rewriting everything. Oh, no, that was a multiverse, that was a different world. You know, I still yeah. remember DC when they did the new 50 or not, yes, new 52 with the. Every single they answered every single problem, every single hole. Like, oh yeah, the Superman Boy Prime punched the multiverse. That's where every single like 
storyline that we screw up because of that. It's like the yeah, biggest yeah. pop out I've ever seen. Like, yeah, we screwed up. But this is the explanation. Or did we figure it out? <laughs> <laughs> That's why those things were created. Multiverses and places like that. Yeah. They're the biggest excuse for everything. You know, if they screw up here, they'll blame it on that. They'll be like, okay, that was that dimension. That was that universe. <laughs> so that that's their, you know, get out point. That's their excuse for it. You know, if you screw up, you screw up. If somebody writes a story and it's not good, it's not good. Yeah, you make, you put Andrew Garfield in as Spider-Man. Uh, it's no good. You do another one with uh... a... <laughs> And you bring them all back for the next one. Uh, yeah. That was fine. You see how much they're dragging the trailer for the new movie. Oh, you know? yeah. yeah. Everything's marketing. Everything's business. Everything's, you know, of course it is. But the multiverse stuff and, you know, all this other dimension stuff, it's a gimmick. It's just if we, in case we screw up and they don't like it. You know, if in case they don't like Nor Spider-Man or whatever version of Spider-Man is coming out now. You know, so that's all it really is. It's just a gateway. If we if we fuck up, that's it. We got that. To With, put it on. That's always like what I do love about like you get. I'm not saying like Marvel and DC don't have creative writers. They do, but there's some super creative writers with independence. Like again, I'm going back to your blood sword guy because I'm really excited about this guy because, <laughs> as you said, the possibilities are endless. I'm like, I want to see what this guy goes. I mean. I'm hoping it's not a cookie cutter. Oh, there's a bad guy threatening the world. Time to fight him. Just because, like, his character just could be so creative. And, like, does he solve problems? Like, is he like, oh, God, like, I wonder if he's going to go comedy. Like, I'm really hungry. Time to cook up some eggs. He makes a blood knife or whatever. No, it's not going to be, you know, stupid stuff like that at all. Because I would probably even refuse to have that, you know. To resort to doing, you know, stupid shit like that, like they now blood cookie cutter or you know, blend. time to go golfing, bloody golf, bloody golf clubs. Uh, yeah, golf clubs. No, I will tell you, he has in the first issue. It's like a disc, a blood disc that comes out, throws it, which is awesome. Blood swords, uh, blood daggers, stuff like that. You know, and fantasy stuff. You know, whatever you can create a weapon out of blood. You know, and not pizza cutters, or, you know, cookie cutters. <laughs> no, nothing like that. I hope not. <laughs> Episode no, two. No. Episode two. Time to eat. Yeah, time to cutter. <laughs> if, I draw, us. if I draw a blood sable cover with him on a, with a pizza cutter coming out of his hand, that's it. Good <laughs> That'd be a good variant, though. Just saying. Yeah. They want to do a parody of it, sure, you know, because that—that's exactly what it would be. It would be a parody. Yeah, basically the character. Something like that. No, but it's very, very very good story. Very cool character. Looking forward to it to getting it done. It's forty pages. The first issue is forty pages. Oh wow! Nice monster book, you know. Yeah. And also, I did another cover for Scarefair. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Scarefair. My good buddy, uh, David Montoya. Uh, he has um, Scare Fair, which is going on this October in, in uh, Apple Valley, California. He has a great list of horror people and stuff like that. And they asked me to do a Scare Fair exclusive cover, which I did. And I think uh, they're going to promote it as a hologram cover also, which you can only get it there. So that one, that one actually I have it right here. It's right there. That's the Scare Fair cover. Oh, nice. So there's going to be an exclusive. There's going to be all hologram. Once nice. Done. Yeah. So that's going to be pretty cool. You know, we also did uh, this this 
month, what we did is paranoid for Paranoid American Comics, NASA, Never a Straight Answer. This is about uh, the moon landing being fake. Oh, That's cool. the story that they're promoting. And um, this is Tales of Midnight. I think this is coming out in December. The cover, variant cover I did for Midnight Comics. Right there with that. You see, independent creators, they have good characters. They have interesting characters, great yeah, ideas good. that nobody knows about, unfortunately. You know, nobody knows about these things. This, oh, this is the Blood Sable uh, cover that I didn't like. Oh, yeah. This one I didn't like. This yeah. is the, the Blood Sable <laughs> cover that I did, and I rejected it myself. Nobody <laughs> rejected it. So I didn't like this. He's but, kind of making a waterfall behind him. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like this at all. I was like, you know what, guys, I don't like this at all. Uh, and this is uh, for we did this for Finish Line Comics, Immortal Era. Mm -hmm. See, people out there, they have good ideas, great characters, fantastic ideas, and nobody knows about that. Nobody. Uh, well, let's talk about that a little bit because uh, you touched on. Uh, networking a bit but how do you market yourself and and like kind of what's your strategy there obviously you do a good job you're on a podcast so oh, yeah so like you have some strategy you know no marketing is basically you know anywhere you can market your brand so i i'm pretty much very well connected so friends word of mouth instagrams facebook's all that kind of stuff interviews podcasts YouTube, all the, you know, wherever you could, you know, always put yourself in somebody's face. Every opportunity that you could get, that's the best marketing that, that you could give. Because, you know, if, if you know something's coming out, you might see a billboard tomorrow and say, oh my God, this is coming out, this movie, this thing. And then you forget about it. Yeah. Life gets in the way. And then two, three weeks later, you see the same billboard and you're like, oh shit, I forgot about it. I didn't see it. You know, so that, that's, you always have to be constant, 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 you know, promoting yourselves, constantly out there, you know, on your stories, on this, just shove it in people's face, whether they like it or not. That's the best way to market yourself. If nobody wants to hear from you, make them hear from you. You know, that's the main goal here. That's how you market yourself. That's how you brand your, your name. You know, like the guys that catch the craze, they have a podcast and they have a YouTube channel. And crazy marketing all over the place and it's grown it has grown you know right. they have a lot of artists on their shows they have a lot of musicians on them. they have from, from all sorts of entertainment you have to contact you have to be annoying that's the that's the best way to explain it he and is, uh eric he he's telling the truth he's been annoying no, since uh since i booked him no i'm kidding uh, constant contact. No, I'm, I'm kidding. But, uh, but yeah, I, no, I understand. You yeah. You, have to. you know, every day that you're, you have a chance, you know, dumb creators, annoy the living shit out of people. Yeah. DM them. Well, talk to I do them. think it's good advice though, to like people who are start, starting in comics or starting in any kind of art form. It's, it's hard to like, like just post more than once or like you have to just like tell a story constantly. Yeah, you, you can't know. you can't be on there once. You know, you have to be there on there three, four times a day. You yeah. know, leave a message, do this, do that, post a story. I did these covers, I put them up right away. 
you know, whether it be Facebook, this and that, I put them up right away on the stories, on the post, yeah. on this, on that. You have to. I yeah. was um, related. I was talking to Bill Arnett, who he runs the, uh, he runs the Bug House Theater, which is a small improv theater in Chicago. And he was talking about that. He's like, the people they say succeeds are the people that are the ones that like were going to each place and saying like, Hey, I'm promoting my show. I'm promoting my show. I'm promoting my show. He's like, as he puts it, he's like, he's seen super talented improvisers, super talented artists that if they literally just put in the legwork, you know, to promote themselves, they would have made it big, but they just kind of gave up halfway through or never even, they said it was too much work and never did. Yeah, it is too much work. Let's be honest. It is. It's a lot of work, whether you're, you're promoting a podcast or YouTube or you're promoting a book. Okay. It's a lot of work. You know, you got to either do it or don't. You got to really set your mind there and say, okay, I'm going to do this or I'm not. But if you're going to do it, you got to give it your own. You got to be there night and day, day and night, answering all messages, answering all, you know, everything that you can find. Just answer, send, promote, because you never know. You never know who's going to pick up on it. You never know who's watching right. or listening, yeah. for that matter. You don't. And believe me, that's how things happen in life. Very true. Yeah, very true. That's how things happen. That's for sure. Well, cool. Hey, Psycho, thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> and despite your name, you were not as you're not as psycho as I thought you were. I thought you were going to spend the entire time just blabbering about, I don't know, Skeletons in your head. Wanted me to yell at you. I thought the first thing you I thought it was going to be um, the Monty Python sketch where you insult, where like, where like you spend the entire time just insulting the guy. No, no, I'm actually a nice, <laughs> a nice psycho. We said we say your given name, but I kind of like that we didn't. We know, know. We, we know you have a name, but uh, let's leave. Let's let our listeners uh, direct message you or. or or ask you themselves. It's good marketing also. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're going to put John on there, it's good marketing. That's why I chose the name too. It's good marketing. You know? Well, it's it's like, well, uh, it's easy you know, to remember too. Yeah. There's yeah. a difference between John and there's a difference between Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a difference between Steve Austin and Stone Steve Austin. It's, it's marketing. It's, yeah. you know, it is what it is. That's why I went ahead and used this name versus my regular name. Because they'll be like, okay, from Psycho, who the hell is Psycho? What is this Psycho? What is this art like? You know, it's all marketing brand. Like you guys, you have a really cool name. Mm-hmm. Dumb comic creators. Yeah. Thank you. You, know, Thank you, you. Should, in my opinion, you should really promote that in a way because it's like, it's really catchy. And people are going to be like, okay, do they have a bunch of fucking retards on the show? Or what's <laughs> going on? You know, like, who's on this show? Why are they called dumb comic creators? You know? So marketing on that you know, it's your brand. That's right. Works. You know, you should really invest in the name that you have and just put it out there. You know, DM every artist that we know. Yeah. You know, there's other podcasts, by the way. Let me give you a quick thing. There's a podcast out there that don't have viewers or anything, listeners, and they have contacted people like Jim Lee and people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're like, okay, sure, I'll be on. And it works. It works. Never think the person that you're going to never speak to that you won't. You will. Right. Eventually, you will. You know, just promote yourself. Make it happen. That's the only thing. And I love the name, Dumb Comic Creators. Thank you. It's funny when you when you first say it. People are like, what's that about? You know, 
and it makes people want to watch. Like, okay, I got, I'm just gonna go check it out and see what the hell this is all about. What, why do they mean by dumb comic creators? You know. So, well, we love the name Psycho. We love the name Psycho. What does that mean? Too. What kind of Psycho is he? <laughs> is he crazy? Is he Psycho Psycho or just you know Psycho? But just, turns out he's just a psycho. little crazy. Really it's crazy. A little crazy. Yeah. I probably thought I was gonna come out here like. <laughs> Oh yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> Turns out you're just a guy who likes to knock on doors, get things yeah. done. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you're psycho in your work ethic. You're like really like we gotta do this. We're really pushing ourselves. No, so you're psycho. It. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, I've like, had like kind of a like a zen or like uh, teachings from the ma the master, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, kung fu the TV show style. <laughs> Maybe I, just because you're you're bald and like I don't know. <laughs> I was expecting you to say take this take this pebble from my hand halfway through. And I wasn't gonna lie. But then I'd be like, we're on Zoom, we can't do that. And he's like, if you were a master, that's why you guys aren't masters because you don't know how to do that over Zoom. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Okay. okay. Uh, well, thanks. Thanks again. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Psycho. You lived Thanks, up to your Psycho. name. Psycho, yeah. Uh, find Psycho at Psycho Comics Art on Instagram. Uh, find his artwork at Samurai Ninja Rabbits at the Bionic Caveman. The Bionic Caveman. Yeah, the Bionic Caveman. That's and Samurai Ninja Rabbits. Yeah, his artwork really, really is fantastic. Um, just put it this way i created my first ever instagram account just to look at his art that's not a lie really you did what's your instagram i don't know i just signed up for it today <laughs> so <laughs> i can look at it no you gotta tell me that's that's crazy i think it's schwer's 248 two okay that's weird we'll change it we'll change it uh, next we'll episode make... we'll we'll let everyone know how they can friend you on instagram yeah but yeah i literally just so because instagram if you go down too far um, they make you like sign in. So I had to right. create one. So yeah. Okay. Yep. Wow. We got you on Instagram. That's so cool. Yeah. Thanks so, psycho. Thanks psycho. <laughs> you made me go on Instagram. I mean, just how many great bits can we get just with that guy's name? Like yeah. so good. There was only so many puns we could do. I mean, psycho. Oh, I know. Yeah. Just when he was like talking about like, Oh yeah, you really need to knock on doors. Like you never know who's going to like, they're going to answer if you want to talk to these people, you can talk to these people. By the it's way, like all the time I'm thinking, wow, what this guy is like a psycho. <laughs> like, well, like the closest came to being a psycho was like, I don't like electronic arts. I like to do stuff that I handwritten. And I'm like, whoa, this guy's going psycho about this. <laughs> no, but what, it is a good name. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a great it's a name. name. And he's, something else to think about is like what yeah. what you name your things. And names go a long way. Names go away. Yeah. Use yourself to self-promote. And like if there's a hustler out there in the art in the art world, he's definitely like one of the top ones. Yeah. Uh let's talk a little bit about business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think? Let's talk about a little bit about business. As you listeners probably know, we are no longer streaming on Fridays. We are now streaming on Sundays. On Twitch. On Twitch. And our uh episodes will be coming out Mondays going forward. Mondays or Tuesdays. Mondays or Tuesdays. Um, and the reason why we did this is because uh, we work with artists uh, that don't have the set schedule that we do. So 
to make sure that we can work with them. We moved from Fridays to Sundays. And so because of that, we were getting more and more better guests every single time. But we still got to keep our great guests too, so not insult our original guests and everything. I mean, to be fair, during the pandemic, everyone was free on Friday nights. Yes, because and... <laughs> every night was the same night. Every night was Friday night and every night was not Friday night. Right, exactly. So mm-hmm. most people were very excited to have some something to go do on Friday night. Yeah. Uh, but now it's not the same and Sundays mm-hmm. are a better day to get podcast guests, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, also just schedule wise for me, editing the podcast episodes, mm-hmm. um, Saturday or fr- Friday or Saturday are no longer days where I can finish an episode mm-hmm. and get it posted. So Monday or Tuesday, mm-hmm. um, look for them. New yeah. ones. Yep. We will probably be aiming for Tuesdays because this way we can have the best, we can spend all day Monday editing it and getting it to perfection. And then we'll have it uploaded on Tuesday. Or, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds psycho to me. Commit. Yeah. <laughs> or we'll, uh, we'll perfect it on Sunday. I'm just we'll saying. It, on Sunday. Yeah, it could happen that way too. Yeah. yeah Your new catchphrase, sure. we'll perfect it on Sunday. Yeah. I, that's not the catchphrase. It's not? Nope. Is it still a secret? Are you still not going to tell me? Yes, that's correct. I'm keeping it close to the vest because it's so good don't believe you i believe you're lying um no it's pretty much the greatest i have a question phrase is that smoke behind you because your pants are on fire uh no i'm actually wearing shorts so they couldn't have been pants anymore were they one point pants and then the bottom melted off because they were on fire (laughs) i turned into shorts uh no okay so you don't believe in my catchphrase i don't i don't well a, I don't believe you have a catchphrase, and B, I do not believe in the catchphrase that you supposedly have. I'm doing air quotes for those that are listening on a podcast. Every word now. <laughs> Every word. Okay. All right. All right. All well, right. I'll come up with a fake one next week. A real one? Nope. A fake one. Fine. And, are you going to uh, introduce it as this is my fake podcast? <laughs> Fake catchphrase, maybe. Mm-hmm. Fake catchphrase. Or a real catchphrase for a fake podcast called Dumb Comic Creators. That works as well. Okay. Okay. Or a podcast <laughs> catchphrase for a multiverse version of this podcast. No. On Earth 79B, this is the catchphrase that I came up with. Wow. What a great wow. podcast. What a great what a great podcast. And in Earth 79B, you thought it was great. You really liked that catchphrase. In Earth 79C, I blew up the universe. So, I mean, let's not talk about Earth 79. Oh, yeah. Okay. What about Earth 79D, in which you were, were a snail? Earth 79D, I spend my time catfishing people for fun. So, it's all <laughs> the weird stuff in Earth 79. Earth 79. Earth 79. Classic. Classic Classic Earth 79. (laughs) So all of those Earths also have infinite Earths. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah. There's infinite, infinite, infinites. And so on and so on? Yep, and so on and so forth. But isn't infinite just a, a way of describing a number that's so large that we can't comprehend the end of it? True. Isn't I mean, there actually an end to it? No, there is no end to it. That's the point of infinity. 
There is not going going and going and going. I always thought infinity was like so far, so long. You can't comprehend how how long it is, but there is an end. No, that's the point is that there is no end. It's continuous. Because like if you're ever going to the end, there'd still be more because it's infinite. (laughs) That's also why like when you say like what's infinity plus infinity, it still equals infinity. The number doesn't change. Like infinity times infinity is also the same as infinity because it's all just infinite. It doesn't change. What about infinity divided by infinity? Then that's just one, I guess, or it depends on whichever <laughs> you prove. It's just one. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just one. Yeah, that's easy. Um, okay, well, this has been a very interesting episode. We still need a catchphrase. No, we don't, but... Uh... Yeah, we do. <laughs> you don't have one. Okay, fine. But my fine, name is Eric fine. Schwartz. All right. My name is Keegan Shiner. Together we are... Podcasting. No, we are dumb comic creators. <laughs> joke wasn't funny. Gotcha. Season two joke. All right. Uh, <laughs> talk to you later. All right. Thank you to Psycho. Bye. Thanks, Psycho. Bye. <laughs>